Wise men say only fools rushing. I can't get you out of my head like my favorite song. This is not just another fitness podcast. Why? I touch on subjects that not only have I experienced, but most likely you or a person you know has probably experienced it as well. I created the Me Movement on the mic to provide you with relatable content and information on areas of movement, mindset and health. I'm on a mission to help you filter through life, to help you break free of the fitness stereotypes and embrace you while still enjoying a gelato or two. So join me, Sally, and let's get this episode started. <laughs> Good morning. I have um, the Miss Zoe Knight. Like, I want to call you a knight, but your surname is Knight, so that doesn't work, does it? <laughs> no, I know. Do you know what? When Luke and I got married, it was like a big discussion around where I would take his last name, but he decided that he liked Knight way better. So he took my name. Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm not surprised because um, it sounds like a superhero. Yeah, there's also Luke's legal name is Christopher. So he's, well, he's like, and his proper name is Christopher Lucas Lehman, but he's known as Luke because his dad was known as Christopher. So he was like, oh, Luke Knight. And then he's like, oh, I would legally be Christopher Knight, but no one is Luke Lehman. And I was like, it's like, you've got an alter ego. Like, <laughs> so many different options. Too many. Too many. So is it Zoe or Zoe? It's Zoe, um, but there's, I mean, it's kind of like I get called both. You get called both. <laughs> it depends how lazy, like how quick people want to get the name out. Fair enough. <laughs> they use or two. Fair enough. Um, so where are you now? Where are you? Right now? Yeah. we're in, Luke and I are based in Brisbane, um, and we've been here for the last, oh, my God, like five years now. Um, but in terms of like we're in Brisbane, we just in our home and I'm in our office and we've got little like Pablo on the floor. <laughs> so we've got some dogs running around and I'm hoping that they don't disrupt us too much. They'll make it an interesting episode, which which I'm sure. We're yeah, gonna... they will. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Zoe. All right, so where to start, how far back to start. So I am one half of Muscle Nerds. Um, really interesting story about that though. So like when we started Muscle Nerds, we started Muscle Nerds six and a half years ago out of just pure necessity. So I had met Luke, uh, I'm from New Zealand, Luke's from Texas in America, and I had met Luke here in Australia. I'd gone to one of his courses in Sydney um and didn't like him thought he was like I don't know rude and arrogant I even gave him like a bad review when Poliquin group sent out like their post-course questionnaire um like I gave him a bad review I was like felt like you couldn't ask him questions like wasn't approachable felt like he knew it all (laughs) all sort of stuff anyway he, I then flew back to Brisbane where I was living at the time and he flew from Sydney to Gold Coast to stay with a friend of, of his in Gold Coast, which is the trainer that I had heard of the Polican Group course through. So there's kind of like a mutual person that we knew. He then found me on social media, added me and asked me on a date. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, there's no way. Um And then he was just so persistent. So he was only there for three weeks before he flew back to America. And for about two weeks, he just like kept asking. And I was like, you know what? Fine. Um, Actually, it was one of the ladies at work just said, just go on a date with him. Like, what have you got to lose? You don't do Like, when was the last time you ever had any fun or did anything like this? And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like, I won't have to see the guy again. (laughs) It would just be a fun weekend. Anyway, so I went on a date and it just felt like we'd like, without being cliche, it just felt like we'd been together forever. Um, I ended up staying down on the Gold Coast for the full four days until he flew out because our date was like, I caved right towards the end of his time there. Um, it just, yeah, like I said, felt like we'd been together forever. He then went back to America. We kept in touch, you know, like we FaceTimed and chatted like all the time. Three months later, I sold both of my cars. Sorry, I didn't have two cars. I had two jobs. I quit both of my jobs, sold my car and flew over to America um, just to see like what would happen. It just felt like more of a risk to not do it, if you know what I mean. 
so did that when I was over there he got let go from Polican group like he finished up with Polican group so then we both found ourselves we were in Rhode Island at the time and we were like okay so neither of us have any job have any jobs I've only got enough money to last me for the rest of the month before I go back to Australia um and so we just out of necessity announced that we would be starting muscle nerds so we he just put up a post saying you know we're taking on online clients under a company called muscle nerds we had no setup no structure no systems like it was literally like the day we decided it was the day after I think he got let go or finished up we just decided that we would announce it and announced it like right then and there and from that point on, um, we were just contacted with people that wanted to work with Luke, but they hadn't wanted to work with Polkin Group. And we were just like really reactive to what people were asking for. You know, they're like, do you take on online clients? And we're like, yep, we do. Like, do you just do nutrition only? We're like, yep, we do. And then like, we ended up getting very lucky. He got uh, invited to Canada to speak in Canada. Then he got flown to Kuwait to hold a seminar for some trainers there. And while we were there, we're like, let's hold one in Dubai. And then we kind of just like for two years, we like hopped around the world, asked like just doing where going where people were asking and saying yes to everything and figuring it out later. Um, When that kind of happened. So like the first, especially the first couple of years, I really felt like I was riding off the coattails of Luke. Like obviously at the time I said, I only had about a month's worth of finances left before I needed to go back to Australia and get another job. Um, And then, so when we announced Muscle Nerds, obviously that was off the back of Luke. Like people were wanting Luke. So I didn't feel like I was entitled. I just felt like I was, like I said, in his shadows, riding off his coattails. I was like, this isn't my, this is nothing to do with me. This is all the Luke Lehman show. Um, But gradually over the years, I've really like, I don't feel that way anymore. (laughs) I've really kind of like our compliment, our our strengths and weaknesses really complement each other. So I'm very much the back end of everything I run everything behind the scenes um and we've over the t- when we got back to australia it was been I mean, two years after we started muscle nerds we were able to sit down and say what do we want muscle nerds to be where do we want to take it what do we want to deliver like what do we you know like let's be a bit more proactive than reactive um and so since then we were able to structure the company to really like be based structured around luke's strengths which is just teaching learning coaching um and then everything else just falls into like my basket to deal with um so yeah so that's me in a real nutshell i am the i don't want to say the back end half of muscle nerds because that sounds gross but i'm definitely like kind of behind the scenes i try and i try and keep everything together and and implement all of luke's crazy and wild ideas about what he wants to do next and um but yeah and that keeps us pretty pretty busy we also own a gym here in brisbane which is just a small boutique gym um which we i'm currently in the process of trying to stop working in like i took a lot of i mean i think it was like 10 or 11 classes a week I was taking there and we've finally just hired another coach to take over half of those for me um, and to start working on um, because between that muscle nerds and I also part-time study I study a bachelor of health science um, so between those three things and the three dogs that we have <laughs> I'm kept pretty busy Sounds like it's, that's pretty hectic and I love I'm glad that you mentioned that you are, let's call it the foundation, but like support system of Muscle Nerds because my first experience of Muscle Nerds was Luke. Yeah. You know? And yeah, then absolutely. I did his course. The thing that I remembered, uh, the Muscle Nerds, it was a few years ago. The, the big standout was how much coffee he drank. <laughs> And at the time, I was like, how's this guy standing up? Anyway, (laughs) not dancing and just floating. I thought he was levitating at one stage. (laughs) And his teeth were super white. I was like, yeah, he's got good luck. That's important. I brought him veneers veneers for his birthday a few years back. Yeah, so that was my first experience. So if everyone's listening, um, Luke Lehman is almost like the royalty of the health and fitness, you know, all over the world. Let's just say it that way. Um, That was my first experience of muscle nerds. But then I, I, I think I remember I was doing part of the online, which was part of the course. And then this chick with a, a New Zealand accent kept popping up. I'm like, she knows what she's talking about. And she's, you know, who is this girl, you know? And then I was like, well, I should do some um, 
Instagram stalking and lo and behold, <laughs> you know, you popped up um, with your beautiful <laughs> dishes and I was like, I think I can relate. I mean, I like Luke's content and information, the muscle nerds, all that stuff, but it's just a different approach, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that you said that you are like the kind of, um, you know. Yin and yang. Yeah, exactly. Really are. Like we really are. And you know what's really interesting is so when we first, obviously it was so early on in our relationship that we started Muscle Nerds together. We were still learning each other personally because it was such a accelerated start to the relationship as it was, let alone then being like, let's start a business together. Um, It was never the intention. It's just how it ended up happening. Um, But for the first few years, I obviously I didn't, as I was learning his personally as well, I was also learning how he worked like professionally. And it did my head in at how, like his work methods. Um, He's diagnosed ADHD. And at the time he wasn't medicated. He's medicated now, which makes him a lot kind of a little bit more somewhat organized and structure um but I remember just like I'd be banging my head against a wall just being like why are you doing it that way like why aren't you just doing this I think we've probably in our entire relationship had about five big arguments and every single one of them has been instigated by me and has been about work um but it infuriated me until I started doing a lot of like I started watching a lot of TED talks and uh, videos and uh, on YouTube and reading some blogs and articles about people with ADHD and I just realized like I had have to let him work how he works and I have to be okay with that because his strengths are my weaknesses and my strengths are his weaknesses and we complement each other like I can't keep trying to like trying to make him like me because that wouldn't work we wouldn't gel like we're definitely yin and yang we have we are polar opposites in almost every regard except like our foundational values which is so it makes life really interesting That's what it's all about, right? Even 100%. we're going to bring it back to to one topic, and then I'll, I'll I'll come back to that. But it's like with food. If you have one flavor, you, I think there yeah. was like a study where, you know, if you put, I don't know if it was a study, but I think someone said something like, if you put a bag of sugar in front of someone and told them just to eat sugar, just the whole bag of sugar, oh. how much can you possibly consume without feeling sick? And hate it. 100%. And that's it, like, that's it with anything. I mean, you see it with alcohol, right? When people get real sick off drinking one alcohol and then they can't touch the stuff again. Um, and also, like, on that topic of sugar, what's really interesting is, like, you know, you see a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, you're just addicted to sugar. It's like you crave sugar. If you actually look at what they're binging on and eating, it's not sugar. It's highly palatable foods. It's that perfect mix of sugar and fat and salt. And there's literally scientists out there whose job it is to design food that makes you not be able to stop eating it you know, that fires all the right places of your brain that makes you just want to keep eating it. And it's that perfect balance of, you know, sweet, fat, salty. Um, So most people very rarely are just like chasing that sugar binge because then they'll just be going for like straight lollies, but they don't, they go for like the donuts, the biscuits, the chips and all that sort of stuff. That's so true. That's mm. like sometimes when you eat like this, I bought these Mexican chips once. I forgot what they're called. They're like really they're not hot that that hot they're really skinny they're very popular on instagram and anyway they're just like salty and sweet at the same time and i was like what is in these yeah what is in these yep so that's someone came up with the perfect recipe that's it (laughs) they're doing the right they've got that they've got the formula now yeah tell me what your background is because i'm interested why you went and did luke's course Right. Okay. That's interesting too. So I, at the time, um, so I went to Biosig, it was Polyphon Group's biosignature course in 2015. It was at the very start of 2015. Um, I, at the time I was working in eight till five, I had always, and I was working in recruitment um, at the time mining recruitment and I kind of just fell into that job. But prior to that, my background was I went to, when I left school, I went into my first year of law and psychology, hated it. Um, I just kind of like 
this sounds so obnoxious, but I kind of just like flew through school, never really gave it any effort or attention. And when I got to uni, I was like, I cannot pull law out of my ass. Like I need to, I don't, I had no study skills. Like it was just a real shock. And back home in New Zealand, you know, I had to move from Hawks Bay to Wellington. So I had to move away from home. I was 18 and I just was not ready. Um, I chose law. I don't even know why I chose law. Like I'm a numbers person. Like I like data and numbers, like I logical things make sense to me science makes sense to me English and the written word is very like black and gray and interpretive and it's just not my strong point um don't know why I did that but anyway so I'd always worked in like any type when I left I ended up working in conveyancing like the buying and selling of houses I moved back to Spain, and got a job doing that or helping with that um and then when I moved over to Australia in 2008 I got a job at a litigation finance company and it kind of like I was always on that legal side of stuff But I remember I got into fitness and exercising, I should say, when I moved over to Australia. Like I'd always played netball growing up and stuff like that, but I was always the nerd. Like I was, do you remember when you were in primary school and you used to like, always you'd have your book for every subject and you'd have your title page, like you'd draw up a title page for your science book and your maths book. I was like the person that people would ask, can you do up my title page? Like, can you draw up? And I was just like, always the nerd, always reading, you know, I'd go to the back to the library and just I get out as many books as you could which I think was five books a bike home and then I just read like I was I was much more into the intellectual side of thing than I was like physical I just was never overly physical growing up too much anyway um so where's I going with that? Oh, so I got into fitness when I was I moved over here in 2008. Um, and I started doing like the boot camps, like the box fit classes, like, you know, the traditional type of cardio stuff that most females get into when they decide they want to start exercising. Um, it started off with doing like a 12 week challenge in the park uh, with some friends. And then it moved into like more regular boot camps. Anyway, I went to a class. It was a Brisbane boxing studio. They have a few different ones around. And the guy who normally took the class was away and the owner took it. Um, he was phenomenal. Like, I just remember being like, I, I got home. It was a Saturday morning. I got home um, and I was in the shower and I was like, I want to be like him. Like, I want to be like, he was so good and so motivating. I got out of the shower. I looked up schools, uh, like fitness colleges, I applied for three or four different schools that Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I had interviews at three different colleges. I got accepted on that Wednesday. Like the final one was through Max Fitness College. They ended up asking me, they were like, you know, what is it that uh, has made you want to come start joining, blah, blah, blah. And I told them. They ended up calling. Oh, and there was like another lady who was running the boot camps, which I had said that was also like really influential. They ended up trying to call them to tell them, hey, just letting you know that we've had this girl come in and sign up for her cert three and four, and it's because of you that she's done this. Like they tried to pass that information on. The boot camp lady, they were able to get through to her, and she called me on the Thursday and was like, hey, I've just found out that you're doing your cert three and four. And I was like, yeah, I am. And she goes, perfect, because I'm calling off you a job. And I was like, oh my goodness. So from making the decision on the Saturday to actioning it at the start of the week, my by Thursday, like my whole life was now on a different like path. So I started working there part-time because I still had my eight till five um, and I was still studying. So I was doing, I was studying, working eight till five. I was working in the mornings. I was doing boot camps and had uh, ended up like shadowing and then eventually taking my own clients over in the mornings. Then I'd go eight to five recruitment. I'd go back and then I'd do some evening classes. Uh, and then I would train myself and I'd get home about 9.30. And they were just like huge days. And I was doing that for almost a couple of years. Um, and I just remember being really um, super inquisitive in nature anyway. And I just remember getting to a point where I was like, there is more to someone's health and results than the 45 minutes I've got them in class. What is it? And so that's how I had been going down to do Saturday sessions down the Gold Coast with a coach, Tyrone Jensen. He's the one who I heard of Biosig through. He's a Biosig practitioner. So he was telling me about Biosig and I was like, that sounds like something that is relevant to the extra 23 hours of your day type stuff. Um, and that's when I booked in, uh, looked up Biosig, saw that they were going to be in Brisbane in March 2015. And I rang up my mum and I was like, I think it was, I feel like it was $1,500 US. Mm. And I called my mum and I was like, can I please borrow some money 
to do this course, like to go to Sydney for the weekend. I think I had to borrow money off her for like the flights, accommodation and the course. Um, God knows how I didn't have it when I was working two jobs. I don't know. Um, and I think from with the currency conversion to New Zealand dollar, I think it cost you like two and a half grand yeah, or something. That's and I'm so thankful. double. But yeah, it was, it was back then for sure it was. Um, but I just remember like, thank God she did because I ended up going to Sydney and that's where I met Luke. Um, I'm going to stop and you then, right there. Oh, Wait, yeah, one go. second. Thanks, mum. First, yeah, what's oh mum's name? I haven't even paid her back yet. My mum's name is Margaret. Margaret, we love you. Thank you for believing in Zoe. <laughs> Continue. You met Luke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I met Luke because mum lent me almost $3,000 no, and I still haven't paid back. Come on, girl. I should put that on my to-do Please. list. Um, but yeah, so that's essentially how I ended up going there. And but then the thing is from that point, um, like that was in March 2015, and it was at June that I flew over to America. Um, so from June 2015 is kind of like when I stopped coaching anyone. So I don't have a lot of experience as a coach. Like I only had those couple of years when I was doing it part-time because obviously when we started muscle nerds, like that that's Luke's strength. You know what I mean? Like he's the one with all of these experience. It doesn't make sense me trying to fit into that role as well when I've got all of the admin side of the skills and like the back end stuff. Um, but again, because I'm inquisitive in nature, I just love to learn. In 2017, um, when we had decided that we were going to settle in Australia and try and get Luke his visa here, I just said to him, like, I really want to study. Like I just, I need, I felt like I still needed to do something for me. Um, muscle nerds at the end of the day is still Luke's company. Company. like even though it's both of ours like it's he's the face of it he's the brains behind it um it's just the substance is him for it essentially he's the one that's irreplaceable in the company do you know what he's I mean so I just said I hey he's the flavor he's the flavor yep he is the flavor and he's not one single flavor I'll tell you that <laughs> he's a lot of flavors um but yeah so I just need to do something for myself so I started that's when I started studying bachelor of health science um and I was I've been chipping away at that part-time since 2017 uh and it's just something that's mine and like it's it's teaching me and I can hand on my heart say that I've you know done it all myself and achieved everything without the brains of Luke do you know what I mean like it's something I've accomplished I'm doing on my own um because standing in Luke's shadows is tough like he's so smart <laughs> he's too smart for his own good he knows his stuff, um, yes but in saying that like um obviously you're bringing a different flavor to the yeah. um new different recipe let's just say a softer side and a softer yeah side. and like what what is you said health science what is that so I initially started doing it in uh, naturopathy. So a Bachelor of Health Science is just basically, um, you know, you're very, I want to say basic level, but it obviously gets more complex because it's a four-year full-time degree. So four-year full-time or full-time or eight years part-time. Um, and it's just your biochem, um, it's your biochem, your anatomy, cell physiology and all that sort of stuff, um, your biology. But then depending on what you decide to stream to do. So I started off doing naturopathy. So then therefore there would then be the subjects once you've done all your foundational ones, there'd be your subjects around your herbs um, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I found that I was just lacking the interest in that. Um, so I ended up changing and doing it in nutrition and dietetics, even though it's not, I don't know why they call it dietetics because it doesn't give you a qualification as dietitian, just gives you a qualification as a nutritionist. So then that shifted more into the food science. So, you know, we've done, I've done subjects such as uh, nutritional medicine, um, pharmacology, pathology and clinical sciences and all that sort of stuff. And the streams to then be once I've, finished I will be a qualified nutritionist amazing um you've you've come mm. a long way from HR to yeah uh, pe personal trainer working in the mornings to yeah law, so back back in the day and psychology and then you said naturopathy and then sci a science health science nutrition <laughs> I'm just thinking like obviously you grow as a person but I'm and I'm I'm looking at the, the social media and seeing that there's a there's team, natural people, kind of, naturopathy. Yep. Naturopathy. Yep. <laughs> that one. <laughs> and then there's team science-based, right? Yeah. Can yeah. we can we meet halfway or can we can we fuse we them? 
Like we should, we really should. And Unfortunately, why? Unfortunately, they, they hate each other why? because the Western medicine system. So, like you know, the real that you go to the doctors, you get uh, pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. Very, very good for acute conditions. You break an arm, you have really high blood pressure, you get down really quickly. Um, you have an allergic reaction or anything like that. Really good. Um, it's not so good for really low level chronic accumulative conditions. Whereas that's where like that natural the natural side of things addresses more so lifestyle. Um, whereas this is like a, a good way to explain it is I think uh, natural medicine is more preventative, um, better for chronic stuff because it addresses lifestyle. And what, what I think the methods within that do is it coaxes the body to do what it's designed to do in its own realm of healing. Westernized medicine forces the body into certain ways, you know, it's, here's a medicine. It's going to completely alter it instantly. Like the way your body reacts instantly. Whereas this is like, let's coax you there. Let's get your body wanting to do it on its own. It's a much more softer approach, but it's a much longer approach. Whereas this is like short, sharp, let's get you fixed right now. Mm. Um, they both have pros. They both have cons. Neither of them are perfect systems. So it would make sense that they would meet in the middle. And it's like, Hey, I'm going to give you this, like, high blood pressure, for example, if you go to the doctor, they give you a, a blood pressure medication. Here it is. Okay, cool. Whilst we're going to give that to you now, so it can save your life and it doesn't keep being, you know, it, it lowers it quickly. I want you to go over here though and fix the issues as to why it's gotten high in the first place. So then we can eventually get you off the blood pressure medication. Like that's a perfect example. Like they would complement each other so well. Um, the problem is there's just not many people that can understand the pros and cons to both. Like anyone in the medical world thinks that that is the answer to everything. Um, and you know what? Like I know that, you know, if you do have anything major wrong with you, the first place to go is to your doctor or the hospital because that's who's going to fix you. So because it, like you don't go, well, not many people would go like, you know, yeah, if you had if you had a heart attack, you wouldn't go to your natural. No, you wouldn't go to your shaman. Excuse me. Yeah, that's right. So I think that they definitely have this side here, the, you know, the uh, westernized medicine world. They definitely have that air of authority um, and it's almost like a lot of them are closed off to this. I was very lucky. My biology lecturer, she was a DNA scientist and apparently it was her colleagues that cloned Dolly the sheep. Like, I don't know yeah, if you know the way they cloned. Yeah. So it was her colleagues. She said the first time she was in the lab and they uh, replicated the DNA, she put down her stuff as she left and she was like there are some things in like nature that humans should not interfere with and she was just so strong on that she then moved into natural medicine so she was teaching us like naturopathy aromatherapy like i've not i know people have really strong stances on that i've never looked into it i don't know enough the concept could work um but I also think we don't, we shouldn't be so naive to think that just because we don't understand it, it doesn't exist. Uh, but yeah, so she had a really science westernized background and was teaching it. And she was amazing. Like she was just like phenomenal, her insights and her points of views and her opinions on things. And it's just like, you just saw how valuable it is to have knowledge and experience in both. Um, so yeah, I wish that they would work together. I think there's, there'd be a lot of benefit to work together. I think at the end of the day, all that's going to do is serve more people and help more people if they, people could learn to do that. But, um, God, man, humans are complex. Ego is a huge thing, right? Definitely. I mean, I see it with my mom. I was 80. She's been on blood pressure medication for quite some time. Obviously, it's a natural part of aging, um, uh, especially yeah. with that generation, but we have to always watch the kidneys, you know, yeah, we have to always um, just deliver yeah, all the all those the little things, stuff. you know. Um, and you try and persuade that generation to think outside. It's a bit challenging. Hugely challenging. My parents are the same. My parents are in their sixties, mid sixties, um, and it's very much the mentality of like, well, something's wrong. I need a pill to fix this. 
Um, and also, like, I remember when my mum was over here for a holiday once, um, you know, she's saying, Luke's like, where, where are you getting your protein from? Like, when are you eating your protein? Because she'd have honey on toast every morning for breakfast. Then she'd have, like, a sandwich for lunch. And then she'd have, like, you know, um, well, you should have meat and veggies for dinner usually. But yeah, so mum and he was like, you you don't eat well. And she's like, I eat well. And you'll see everything up. I said, mum, you're really brown really food. Not. Brown food. Yeah, full of brown. Yeah, lots of brown food, um, which I mean, in, its, in and of itself isn't bad. But if it's all you're eating, like, um, you know, and he took her blood glucose and it was high and she's just like, you know, they're just. Yeah, they're a different era. They are a different era. But in saying that, they have they have a lot of positives. Like with my mom, we're Middle Eastern, so we basically all our diet was, um, you know, plant based. Really, yeah, amazing. Um, That's how I grew up. uh, On and then when I speak to people, I speak to clients. I'm like, well, you might need a salad, or you know, have this, and it's it's so hard for them. They can't even put that into their brain. They can't even understand the concept that if you drink a little bit more water that you might not be constipated. Yeah. Have a little bit more fiber. Just a little bit more. more Fruits and veggies. Yeah, that's it. Um, And that's what Luke likes to say. He's like everyone should eat plant-based but garnish it with meat. (laughs) That's a big thing for someone from Texas. I know. I know. He's like if you're willing to eat a kilo of steak, you need to be willing to eat a kilo of veggies. Wow. It's all about balance though, right? Like if you, everything has a point of diminishing returns, every single thing, like there's even no matter, something being good for you is only good within a range. Like it's not, you can have too much of Even too much fiber. You can have too much fiber, 100%. Yep. And that can cause nutrient deficiencies. It can clog you up. It can make you bloated to anything. And there's like, there's a sweet spot for everything. And some things, sweet spots, some things, sweet spots are really big. You know what I mean? Like broccoli. You have a really large sweet spot. It's going to take a lot for you to, well, depending if you eat it raw, it's probably going to cause a lot of issues. But um, yeah, so everything, water, water is great, but there's a really large sweet spot, you know, and then there's like a donut sweet spot. It's like this small. Definitely. Well, you definitely. <laughs> so how yeah. do you, you know, figure something out or program for people? Because you and I or people in, in the fitness industry, um, we find it a bit more easier to have a salad or greens it's, uh, or yeah. exercise. It's not like, oh, my God, I hate this. But average population yeah. who don't like to exercise, like to really drink, like to don't like to cook. It's a big one. That's what started us, you and I, having a chat about That's this. Right. Hey, was like the cooking, the benefits of learning how to cook. Do you reckon it's a lost art? 100%. It's a losing Absolutely. art. He's not learning how to cook. Because it's, yeah. I, I'll tell you why I think, number one, we we don't have that connection to like, I'm going to say like family or friends where we come together and we sit on a table and we prepare. Yeah. So we're always in a rush. Um, and it, obviously everything's quite easily accessible as well. Yep. Uh, the, convenience. You know, convenience is, is a big thing. And um, yeah, we have lost the art of just like, you know, I call it a little bit of mind, mindful meditation in cooking. Yeah. That's what I do. I like it. Um, you, you probably have some intuition around food though, which is lost. It's lost. We don't even have the connection to the land anymore. Like my dad grew up a hunter. So we ate venison every single night of the week. I'm not even kidding. Uh, that was our main source of meat was he would hunt every week and he'd go out, he'd shoot a deer and that would feed us for the week. And I'm I'm not exaggerating. We would have venison steak, venison sausages, venison mince, a venison roast, um, venison savoys. I don't know if you remember savoys. Anyway. savoys? So he would just, oh, it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like a sausage, but you boil it. Okay. Sausage. Strange. I think it must be a kiwi thing. It must be. It must be a kiwi thing. We don't boil sausages. Anyway, no, but you boil, you boil a savoy. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't look at my mum used to um, cook intestines. Luke didn't know what it was she used to cook intestines, yeah. so that could be close enough. Well, that's what they used to make the casings of sausages out of. I used to come. Yeah, home and she's like, "You better eat this." 
Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, so we, we grew up on, on venison. And uh, so even that there is like some connection to where your meat comes from. So, you know, now and again, growing up, we didn't go a lot with dad. Um, I think if we were boys, he might've taken us more often, but you know, we weren't. <laughs> so it's just me and my sister um, and people don't grow their own food anymore. Like there is a really big disconnect between someone grabbing a steak off the shelf at the supermarket and realizing that that was a cow. You know what I mean? Like, imagine how many people would be vegetarians if you had to go out and kill your own meat. No one would do it. No one would do it. No. Everyone would be. Everyone would be vegetarian. Definitely. You might, or, pes- or pes- pescatarians. They'd probably be all right going and catching a fish, but they wouldn't kill a chicken. They wouldn't kill a cow. Um, there'd be a very limited amount of people who would do that if you had to kill your own food. Um, and yeah, even, even back to growing foods and seasonal products, like we just have lost the connection, not just to the people, but to the land um and to food and there's and we don't have any intuition around food anymore like when you look at animals they just instinctively know what they need to eat and whether they learn that from their parents obviously they probably do um so do you grow anything do you grow no we don't because we rent we've got a communal garden but i cannot wait until we buy and that's the first thing i'm going to do i have been dying to grow like i've got like um we've had i'm not very good at keeping plants alive but we've had like our herb plants a tomato plant and all that sort of stuff but i can't wait to just plant and i don't know why that is not common amongst every house have a front yard or a backyard and I know this is probably like a privileged statement to even consider that everyone has a front yard and a backyard but the houses that have it like what and and public council spaces why are we not having fruit trees why are we not do you know what I mean like yeah Yeah. um I think also the ground as well it's it's got like arsenic they have to do a test as well that's a I that's what you're supposed to do Most, most fruit seeds have have arsenic in it as well which is why you shouldn't have your pits oh great Eat yes. like like passion fruit seeds are a big one. Yeah, apple seeds. Talk talk about talking yeah. about pets. I noticed that you've got an Instagram page for Daisy. Talk yeah. talk to me about your babies. We oh, Daisy's so special. So we actually so we uh, uh what's what I'm looking for sponsor a room at the RSPCA. We just make like a monthly. It's been doing it for years now, and when Luke and I got a visa, his visa here, it was just a year long visa initially. We got our own place, so we had just been staying with friends and like sharing rooms and stuff until that point. So we got our own place, and when we moved in, we had like this bootload of towels and sheets and stuff, old towels and sheets that we took out to the RSPCA to drop them off. And we took them out and while we were there, we went and had a look around like all the rooms and we get to the very last room and Daisy, oh my God, she was just sitting in it and Luke crouched down because it was like a big glass wall and he crouched down and she came up and sat right in front of the glass and then put her paw on the glass. And I was just like, we are not leaving without her. Like we, I would, I just had this feeling of, I will move heaven and earth. We had just moved into this apartment. It's a one bedroom apartment with this tiny courtyard. Um, I, we didn't even have approval to have a dog, but it was literally like, I don't care. Like I'll fucking pay whatever to break lease. Sorry. I'll pay whatever to break lease. I will. I don't, I just, this is, we like, we have to have her. Um, And it was, we, then and there we applied, we got her, we took her home. (laughs) It was like, we went to drop off towels and um, sheets and came back with a dog. Um, But it was honestly, I just think she chose us. Um, And she was, I don't know what her background was or how she was at the RSPCA, but she was just so timid. I don't believe she had been exposed to the world at all. Like we tried to take her for the first walk and she was just petrified of everything. You couldn't, we couldn't crate train her. We couldn't get her anywhere near anything that she felt enclosed in. Like we got her a toy box. She wouldn't put her head in it. Um, And I just feel like from based on some, she was petrified of children, like froze up around children. I think what had happened was she had, on my assumption like I don't know this but I from how she acted it wouldn't surprise me if she had been kept in a crate like gotten as a pet as a family realized wow dogs are a lot of work and a lot of effort especially puppies um put in a crate and then left there and maybe kids like tormented her through it or anything because she wouldn't even walk through like doorways up and down she didn't know to walk up and down stairs like nothing so she's really come out of her shell though and now she is a sassy and stubborn and rude and she's just sitting on the floor over here now Um, but she's so so beautiful 
And then um, we ended up getting the little dogs. So Pablo was an interesting story. Daisy had a chihuahua. So our neighbors had a chihuahua. So we lived in this one bedroom unit. Um, we also ended up having to get Daisy's knees operated on. So she's got bad knees and we have to get her hips done soon. So she's just like, when the surgeon was in doing her knees, he came out and he said that her growth plates indicated she was three to four months older than we were told, younger than we were told. So when we got her from the RSPCA, they told us that she was seven months old. Um, but he said she's three to four months younger than that. So she only would have been like three or four months old when we got her. Anyway. Maybe. Baby, no wonder she was so cute and little. Um, but with Pablo, so we used to live, like I said, a one bedroom unit, and there was a unit next door, and uh, they had a chihuahua. And the chihuahua used to come and sit out on the top steps every day. And uh, Daisy would come out whenever it came out, it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, the owner would let it out, and she'd always go out and sit next to it, and they'd like sniff each other through the fence. I said to Luke one day, I was like, we need to get Daisy a chihuahua. And he was like, I wouldn't be mad about it. That day I went to the mall and the pet shop at the mall had chihuahuas in the window. And I was like, is this a sign? So we got, we got Pablo. (laughs) I literally came home and was like, meet Daisy's brother. And Luke's like, are you serious? And I was like, yep. (laughs) That's a cute love story there in itself. So does she like not like certain people? Does she have a vibe? She's a big, big, big vibe. So she doesn't like anyone that's got loud energy. Um, anyone like, because Luke and I have a very, like I know I was saying like Luke's a real erratic person, but he's actually very like, our both of our moods are very much like this. Like we're not fluctuating moods, people. Like we don't have peaks and highs and like, you know, sorry, highs and lows or anything like that. We're very stable in our mood and our environment's very stable. Luke and I don't argue. Like we don't flare up at each other. Um, we're very calm and our, I guess, in our, in our home's very calm. And so she's kind of adapted to that. You get her in an environment, like if we have people over, which we don't often do, but we have people over and it gets too loud, she gets overwhelmed and she'll put herself away. Um, she, Luke's... Luke's mum. Luke's mum came over for our wedding. We got married two years ago, right before COVID shut everything down. So Luke's mum flew over from Texas. She stayed with us for 10 days. Daisy did not warm to her at all. I remember she, like Luke's mum was sitting out in the backyard once and I just hear Daisy barking and I was like, what is she barking at? And I go outside and she's just barking at Luke's mum. Like she doesn't do that. And I was like, wow. Um, but Luke's mum's allowed. She's allowed Texan. Um, but yeah, so she doesn't, she's very much a needs like her safe space um she does get overwhelmed very easily loud noises she hates like we take her down to the gym sometimes she hates it yeah yeah. we only take her if we need to take if we need to like on the way to the vet or if Luke and I are going to be there all day we'll take the dog so they're not home by themselves all day um so yeah so so she's a personality um, on her own she is all emotion and she has a human soul, I swear to God. But it's funny because the three dogs, because then we got Frank, the French bulldog, because Lucas always wanted a French bulldog his entire life. And because I just came home with Pablo, he was like, well, now I get to choose a dog. I was like, okay. So he got Frank, Frank who's our Frenchie. Um, but Daisy is all emotion. Like just just uh, you can tell it's like she wears her heart on her sleeve you can just tell what she's feeling and every she just reacts emotionally to everything she must be a cancer are you a cancer um, yeah pretty much same <laughs> there that you go it. well her birthday the we don't know her birthday because obviously we got given one when she was take when we got it from the rspca but then the surgeon told us she was younger so it would have been a lie but it was a july 17th i'm 21 so yeah so am I. Wow, that's really weird. We have the same That's birthday. really weird. How funny is that? Is that is bizarre. You heard it first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the 21st of July is the date. That's what it yes. is. Yes. What year are you? 83. Oh, I'm 87. Oh, okay, cute. You're still a baby. <laughs> um, but no, so Daisy's all emotion. Uh, Pablo is all uh, he's intelligent is all he's just so smart he's tactical so like if we if you give them each a treat like one of each two will get discarded and then they'll just constantly steal one off each other like they'll just wait and then they'll nip it when they need and run away Pablo will sit there and bite his time he always ends up with it he always wins but what he'll do he'll bark at the front door and the other two will rush to the front door he'll pick up the treat and run in the other direction like he's just all tactics oh, how funny um 
And then Frank, the Frenchie, is just dog intuition, okay. like just dog. So he's young. Like, you know, something's moving fast and he's like, oh, I've got to chase it. You know, like he's just got dog instinct to the – so they're really, it's a really funny dynamic actually and they're so great together. Really reactive um, sounds like it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. going to touch on um, – just a couple more things. Like you mentioned when you did your course with Polyquin, from my memory, there was a lot of things about um, hormones. There's a big hormone thing yeah. that came out yeah. with Polyquin. Yeah, the whole thing was basically Okay, on so, for, uh, you know, something along the lines is if you carry body fat around your butt, yeah. your estrogen. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So I think uh, – Charles came out with my understanding. This is secondhand, obviously, knowledge that I've learned from Luke. And I hope I don't butcher it because otherwise he'll be like, Zoe, that's not right. And I'm sorry. Uh, my understanding is uh, Charles came out with Biosig and there was, I can't remember how many sites on the body Quite there a were. a few. Yeah. Um, like belly, underarm, back, this nine. Okay, nine sites. I don't know. I could be yeah. wrong. There was, yeah, yeah, there was like one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, seven or not, I can't remember. Anyway, there's quite a lot. Um, and depending on, yeah, where you held your body fat, it depended on what your hormones were doing. And essentially what I understand is the system was created to sell supplements. Okay. Because you're a supplement okay. So company. I went to a trainer that did all of that. Yeah. yeah. Now, I also... There's a lot of there's a lot of arguments that you can't spot reduce body fat, right? Like a lot. Um, there is some studies... I haven't read. I've just heard Luke talk about them, and I and I don't know how valid they are or how solid they are as as studies. There are some studies where they have had people subjects do just upper body conditioning and then just lower body conditioning, and the ones that did just upper body conditioning got leaner on the upper body, and then the ones that did just lower body. So whilst there is like a global effect, um, it did it did happen, but obviously you can't just be like I want to lose it from like just under my armpit or like just on my stomach. But in saying this, females and males store fat in different locations. Why? Because of our hormones. We have different hormones. For we hold them where it's easy to access for like to grow babies and feed babies. Males, I don't know why they store where they store, but you know, typically like around the face, around maybe it's for like quick fuel source when they're hunting. I don't know. When you do start having hormone imbalances, which happen gradually over time, like it's never a typically never like a quick overnight change, drastic change, but gradually over time, and you can start holding fat in in male or female pattern mannerisms. So you know, guys can start to grow boobs. Um, you can you see that uh, ladies start to hold it in, like especially well, especially like around the stomach area, around their face that can indicate that there is a hormone imbalance. Fixing that hormone imbalance, which isn't a role of trainers, <laughs> is not a role of trainers, but fixing that would therefore fix the area that it is causing fat to be stored. So in that regard, you can spot reduce, right? So it's just like, well, let's fix the reason why it's, it's, it's you know, happening in the first place. Um, but I, from also from my understanding, I believe there are only one or two of the sites from BioSeg that were legitimately linked. And I think one might've been cortisol and the umbilical and then maybe subscap okay. might've been another okay. one. There was definitely one. I'm, definitely. There's definitely one or two that are like legitimate. Then when Charles left Pollock and group and started strength sensei, he came out with bioprint and he added in the calf muscle, Okay, which I think he just added in to make it different. So he couldn't be sued. I'm not sure. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely a difference in terms of, uh, women, uh, and men in, in terms of weight loss and, you know, the time yeah. it takes for them to lose weight. Right. Cause you, you'll see, I'll see a guy at the gym in one week and he looks completely different. And the next two weeks, he's just shredded. I know. The, we don't, they, the, from my understanding, guys are a lot more resilient uh, with physical stuff like that because of the testosterone and the androgen hormones that they have. Like they're built to be physical specimens. And it's such a hard conversation to have these days, especially with the whole like feminism movement and equality. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree that there should be fairness and fairness and opportunities and fairness and equal, you know, equal situations between male and female, but we are not the same. 
Like we are not. Like we, you know, especially when you look at like um, the a big thing I've seen, well, not recently, it's been a while since I've seen anything about it, but the physical requirements for like the police force and the armies and the military and all that sort of stuff, it's easier for females than it is males. And obviously that's to equate for the difference. But then it's like, but if they're going out and performing the same job, they should all be hitting the same requirements. Um, and unfortunately, males do have it easier to grow muscle, lose fat, maybe not lose fat. No. Dunno, actually. It's a good question. I might ask Luke, but but I just feel like them, I wonder if there's a degree of like they can they can detach emotion a lot easier from food than females can. Ah, that makes. I know sense. that we bought more health health wise. We naturally have a high body fat percentage. It's harder for us to get really low, um, and it's not as healthy. Like it's we are a lot more fragile physiologically than males. Um, like especially because of we the fact that we reproduce. Yeah. Um, so our healthy levels of body fat are higher than males. But in terms of if you have like an obese female and an obese male, like whether it would be easier for that male to drop drastic amounts initially or not, I'm not sure. Because I read somewhere or someone made a statement saying that like the reason why it's so difficult for women to lose weight um, is because, you know, we're made to have babies. We're made to yeah. go through, just say, a famine, whereas men can, um, you know, just die off. Yeah. We want to preserve that baby. So how old yeah. are those genes yeah. in us to really yeah. be that strong? Maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I've not really looked into that, but it makes a lot of, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of stuff makes a lot of sense when you look into the purpose of, of how it served us eons ago you know yeah definitely and then when you put in all the uh, current lifestyle factors um stress and then the the female goes well i'm not gonna eat i'm just gonna have like a thousand calories because i looked on instagram my favorite insta person said a thousand calories but all she has is like protein powder and and uh, um you know in some kind of mix um no plants so i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna do x amount of cardio um, because they do that. What they do. do you know what gives me the shits about that? And so like all of our teachings with muscle nerds are around stress physiology and how stress alters how your body responds to diet and nutrition and, and basically teaches coaches how to assess when someone's stressed, what to do, and more importantly, what not to do. Because when someone is in a chronic state of stress, historically, food was only ever scarce in times of flood, famines, and wars, Right. And so you've obviously your hypothalamus and your brain is constantly assessing everything, not just like your blood levels of stuff, but your belief systems, your feelings, your, your environment. And it's asking the question, am I safe? If you are dieting in a period of high stress or stress, all you're doing is confirming to your body that food is scarce. So it's like, oh, let's hold on to what we've got. And that's the whole thing where it's like starvation mode. Is it a thing? Is it not? Like it's not in the sense that you put on weight or never lose weight. It's just a little bit like you more have to force your body to do it than coax your body to want to do it, which is a healthier way to do it. Um, So, yeah, so in times of dieting, like if you're in times of stress, like eat at maintenance. Like give your body what it needs. Like stress depletes so many nutrients as well. So it's like just you need to feed yourself. You need to tell your body that you're safe. You need that's why breathing is so important as well. Like one of the best ways you can communicate to your body that you're safe and not in a life-threatening situation is if you take one a breath in, inhale for say three seconds, four seconds, however long it is, but your exhale needs to be twice this twice as long. So if you inhale for six three seconds you'd exhale for six and that essentially communicates to your body that you're safe because in a time of like life-threatening danger you wouldn't have you wouldn't have the luxury of being able to do nice slow long exhales yeah um and exhales also are shown to raise your parasympathetic parasympathetic nervous system so that's another way to just like help get your stress down let you know your body know you're safe um but yeah the the diet like the watching on instagram and just doing something because someone else's is just like the worst. So obviously, yeah, I get it. And, and, and you know, you spend a lot of time, effort, money into your business, into your education. Um, you know, how does it make you feel when you see people who have a platform who spread misinformation? Like, I'll tell you with myself, um, I don't comment. 
because yeah. it's really easy to see and comment. If I see a person, I'd rather tell them in, in real time, which I'll never see them, but it takes more right. energy to comment when uh, than to – yeah, it takes more energy because it's I, I'm feeling the backlash because I'll constantly think about it. Whereas if you go, whatever, yeah. like how does that make you feel? It's hard. I mean, I to be honest, I have curated my Instagram to not really follow many people that are shit. Um, I know that it's out there. The hardest thing is, I guess, when you have conversations with our Gin Pop gym members and they've seen something and you have to explain to them why it's not right or it's wrong. In terms of people that are spreading misinformation, do you know what? Like I understand, as shit as it is, I understand how the industry has gotten to this point. You have the people, like especially now with social media, but even prior to that, um, you have people who are trying to chase fame and money. Like obviously they're doing it for the wrong reasons at the start, but they're doing it by tapping it into people's desires of laziness and wanting instant gratification. So that is across the board. People have that, right? They want the most amount of return for the smallest amount of work and they want it now. Um, and so people know that that's what people want. So they're like, oh, I'm going to market to that. Let's do an eight-week challenge and you don't, you know what I mean? Like, or like, let's have the skinny tea. You don't have to make, you don't have to drink any, like make any effort on your part. You just have to drink this and you're going to get results really fast. So it's like instant gratification, quick results by not putting in any effort. Um, and that's how it's gotten to the point. And I get it. And I think when you see the people that are in it for the long haul, like we've, we recently have um, actually just today, this morning, we put up a post not that long ago, a couple, I don't know, last week or whenever it was, really recently, of just the differences in split squats. Oh, yeah, I saw that one, leaning forward. Someone, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got your short stride, your long stride, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, someone literally copied it, copy and pasted it word for word into their own post, like another coach, and shared it. And I remember, like, Luke and I have had this happen a couple of times in the past, ne- never this blatantly obvious, like at least rewrite it in your own words. Did so they change the picture at it. least? They, they took their own oh, pictures because the picture was they me doing it. East, they actually they pasted the text in the copy, literally word for word. Like we put them next to each other and it's exactly the same. Anyway, um, and I we've had conversations in the past and it's like these people aren't doing it for the right reasons. You know what I mean? They're doing it because they want recognition or they want to be seen as some type of superior educator or having knowledge that they don't have. Um, and Luke has just said in the past, he's like, we can create faster than anyone can ever copy. So you just have to be like, you know what? Yeah. And I think you just have to stand true and yeah, like we can create, we can create faster than they can copy. I feel bad. Like, cause I always um, repost uh, Yoda memes. I'm like, where did I get this from? And then I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> memes I think are designed but to just still, be like so viral. Yeah, but still like sometimes um, timeouts put something really funny. I was like, that's funny, you know? Um, but that's. I repost memes all the time. That's next um, level. And there's people like that. And then there's the people who are just putting out misinformation. Whether they know it's misinformation is a different story. But then it's kind of like that's where you start having the conversation around people are wanting to be educators without ever having been students. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's hard, but all you can do is just stay to try and stay in your own lane with like your blinkers on and just try and focus on like doing what you believe is the right thing to do. Cause you know what? Like no one's a bad person in their own head. No one is a bad person in their own head. So these people that are sharing stuff probably genuinely think that they're helping genuinely think that they're sharing some valid, valuable information, whether it is or isn't is a discussion to be had like. You know, I mean, there's probably some stuff that we might have oh, shared yeah, that someone with back in the more day. knowledge than us is like that's not entirely accurate. So it's like who who gets to police the industry? No one. Who gets to dictate what's right or wrong? Like it's such a complex thing, and social media really has blurred a lot of lines. Um, but all you can do is just hope that I guess the truth or the right thing eventually is like cream to the top, like it just rises to the top, and everyone else kind of either learns along the way and gets better, um, or for out. Yeah, I guess the the thing that irks me is the quite high profile people who post about this is what I eat in the day, all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. you don't tell me about the other added supplements or uh, no. like um, prescription, <laughs> non-prescription drugs oh, that you take. Like, you know, like I competed a long time ago and that was really hard to get that lean. Um, yeah. I, I didn't take anything. Uh, people didn't believe me. I just like, it was my diet. It was exercise. Yeah. And you have to live and breathe I looked it. Like 
a greyhound on stage and the other girl looked thick. And I was like, how can yeah. that be at that body? Like I was really naive. Yeah. So that's what shits me. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is really hard. Do you know, the one thing that does irk me is the whole like train like me insinuating that doing that is going to make people look like you and that is not the case at all you know we've had people come to us for training and they you know they've they've given us who they want to look like and you just say just fyi like aside of whether they are on anything or not do you understand what it takes like this person has counted every single macro, every single calorie that has been gone into their mouth in the last five years. They've never missed a training session in the last five years. Like, are you prepared to do that? And I think, I don't know whether, I had this conversation, Luke and I recorded a podcast yesterday as well. And we had this conversation on there and it was just, I, I, I've said for a while now that I believe that the industry is, is, uh, promoting or advertising or marketing to the industry so we're making the divide between the people who need the industry so the general population people the people who just need to lose a little bit of weight get a little bit healthier and then the industry itself like us i feel like we're making this divide bigger because we are portraying something that to to this camp seems unattainable not enjoyable something that they'll never be able to achieve or want to achieve or want to do sorry live a lifestyle they don't want to do um, so they just like, I'm not even going to try because these people here portray everything to be, you know, where I count my macros for, I've counted my macros for years. I've never missed a workout. I train really hard. And this person's like, but I don't want to give up my nightly wine. I don't want to give up my birthday cakes. I don't want to give up my meal out. And these people are like, never, never showing like, or teaching or educating people how you can maybe get, make your life a little better and still include those things, but you're just not going to get here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just so extreme. And it is, this it is, it is so or like, uh, you can have your, you can make your own Snickers bar with all this whey protein powder, or you can have your Snickers yeah. bar. Like, which one do you want? Yeah. Which, yeah. And this camp's going to go, give me a fucking Snickers bars. Like, don't give me that protein bullshit. Like, that's what this camp's going to say. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, we haven't even touched on, you know, other aspects of like, you know, with, with average population and especially females. I feel like females, obviously from my experience, I feel like we've copped it for quite some time um, in the industry and in like on, on TV, social media, everything seems to be marketed. Like the other day, I was like, why is this, do- what's this on during the day? It was some kind of ridiculous shake. During the day, mm-hmm. you know, um, we haven't, I haven't yeah. even like spoken about like I was listening to a podcast the other day about like post-pregnancy or miscarriage and what the hor- what happens to hormones after that. Like that's a whole mm-hmm. nother kettle of fish, um, you know, with 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 those topics. And we cop it, we really cop it, don't we? And I think it's all targeted towards females because we're the ones that the beauty standards are set for. Uh. You know what I mean? Like it, the beauty standards aren't set for men. Men get better looking with age. Women need to stay youthful. Big big guys, if you're rich, doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Have you girls, if you're rich, you still need to look have good. Have you seen the latest Sex in the City? No, and I've never watched okay. Sex in the City. Right. It's really good. I like Sex in the City. But the um inner Miranda decides to to not colour her hair. She goes grey, right? At the end, she yeah. colours her hair. Um, but basically yeah. I saw this post, Kim Kardashian was like, Oh, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad one of the characters wasn't it? What did I call her? Amanda. It's not Amanda. Miranda. 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 Oh, Miranda. Yeah. I'm glad she went red. You know, I went. I went back. Right, yeah. Like, but if it was yeah. a guy, it would be like George Clooney. No one would say. Yeah, anything. salt and pepper. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So all the beauty standards are around men. And do you know what? Actually, it's kind of on topic, off topic slightly. Um, I saw some real good meme a while ago, and it's why don't we ever see any plus size male models? Mm. Because men don't care. They don't care. You know what I mean? Like, whereas females have been conditioned to care about what they look like. They, they're conditioned to have that pressure to look like everyone else. Whereas men are like, man, that guy looks fucking jacked. Good on him. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Well, they, the opposite thing. So girls, a thin girl will look in the mirror and be like, man, I'm fat. A skinny guy will look at, like, the, the guys have the opposite. They'll be like, man, I'm jacked. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> And that all makes sense. I just want to ask you one more question before yeah, we head because I've taken it. so much of your time and we've, we've talked about all right. these different stuff and all these different content. 
Where do you see yourself, you know, in the next few years with Muscle Nerds, with your babies and with your yeah. cooking? Because we haven't even spoken about your cooking. We've been talking about the cooking. I love cooking. I love cooking just like I just don't understand people who don't cook. Um, so good question. What I want to do is the last six to 12 months, I've really started to question why. Um, like I think I made a post about it in the, to the in, towards the end of last year. Um, and it was just like this year, I just want to start working in on my business, not in my business. So I do a lot of like the stuff that can be delegated and it is, we've kind of at that point when that's what's holding back the growth of muscle nerds. But then it's like, why do we want to grow every single time we add a new employee, add a new service, add a new product, buy a new gym, whatever. All it does is add stress and worry and more work on our shoulders. Like we're not doing it in a smart enough way where it's like alleviating things. So it's like to what, extent are we prepared to give up our work-life balance our stress and our health for growth so we're kind of at the point now where I'm just like I would rather almost like find a nice comfortable spot where we earn just enough to feed the dogs just enough to get a house that we can they can have a nice yard just enough where I can have the weekends off where I can spend time with them where I can help financially help more dogs um but then it's just for figuring out how to structure muscle and so that we can do that I uh, am this year have or just towards the end of last year have started working on a computer software that we would like, I would like to release in, it's probably a good year or two in the making. Um, there's nothing like it in the industry at the moment and hoping nothing comes up before ours does. Um, but that's where I want to shift our focus to because then it's like, it's more we're not selling time for money like we are with online training and like our education and stuff like that. Um, that'll give us a lot of a better lifestyle. Um, and then with the dogs, I want more. Why dogs? Why did you say you want to take care of more dogs? Why? I just love dogs. They're so vulnerable. Like they're so at, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they are solely reliant on us to look after them. Like we don't let them be wild and look after themselves. And so I just think they're so innocent and they're so pure and they're better than human, most humans. Um, and the love that a dog gives is just, us. oh my God, it's amazing. Well, they always come back to you. Like you can see always. a dog that's been abused. So, He'll yeah. always come back to the owner, right? That's sad. We can do a lot, lot off dogs. Um, but I just think there's so many that just because Luke and I, we don't plan on having children. Um, it's just like not in our plan. Uh, neither of us have want to be parents or alter our lifestyle large enough, big enough to accommodate for a child. Because I think it's like the idea of a baby is like, oh my God, how cute, like swoon. But the idea of raising a human for 18 years and beyond is what's like not really in it for that. Like I'm not not keen for that. Like having a baby, yes, maybe in a toddler, cool. But like then you've got to think they go through their preteens, their teens. Like no. It's full on. <laughs> it's definitely full on. But we're mm. gonna wrap that with one more question. Take us out. Go. What's your favorite dish to make? Tell me. Oh my god, my favorite dish to yes. make. I love a salad. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds so. But salad, you can make so many different salads. Like, and I love prawn and mango salad. Like, I have a base. Very of Queensland. I love. Very Queensland. Very, very Queensland. Very summery for sure. Um, oh, very. It is absolutely. That's a summer summer salad. Um, but then you can even do like you know beef and roast pumpkin salads. Um, you can do oh, beetroot and feta salads and chicken and salmon and fit. Oh, I just I really like um I really like fresh salads. I can make them so tasty. So if you listen, if you've listened to this podcast, um, the biggest takeaway is eat more salad. Mm. Eat more salad, yeah. Dogs and animals. Eat plant based, garnish it with meat. A huge, huge salad and sprinkle some meat on top if you eat meat. That's (laughs) it. Well, thank you so much for taking your time out for your day to jump on this podcast. Um, So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my episode today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, it will be greatly appreciated if you have a spare 60 seconds to put a review on this podcast. It would mean so much, especially to a small business. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. I'll see you soon. Bye.